We are back with another episode of Scaring is Sharing. It's the place where we share our scares with one another and with you listening out there in the dark. Hello. As always, it's your friendly neighborhood Sasquatch Slam, Jeremy Rusk. And your flaming scream queen down the street, Brandy Joe Plembeck. And we talk about... Whatever the fuck we feel like. <laughs> I mean, typically they are conversations about horror things and horror adjacent things. I was talking to a buddy recently who just like like found out about our podcast and was listening, and he's like, "What? What do you guys? Do you just talk?" And I was like, "Have you listened to a podcast?" <laughs> I was a little bit of like, a bitch to him. <laughs> I mean, but still, it's like, don't you know what a podcast is? Like, it's literally just a new version of a radio talk show. Like that's. <laughs> what they are like if you've ever listened to you know daytime radio uh where you know people talk or morning radio that's all this is just the new iteration yeah but jeremy and i we just we just talk for a little bit and then <laughs> and then we assign a movie to the other person that they've not seen before and then take a little break go watch them come back and then we talk about them and what we thought sort of criticism i guess sort of reviews but also a little more free form than that it's really yeah. just our raw opinions yeah i i listen to some podcasts where they like go into great detail like i just got turned on to a new one i was on this podcast called gay a which is a podcast about sobriety i had i was like a little host on there or a guest not a host um but it's hosted by this guy named stephen bennett martin who i've become good friends with on the good old instagram but he and his husband, Stephen Martin Bennett, <laughs> which hmm. is just the cutest thing, the Stevens, wow. yeah. they have a show called Lifetime of Happiness, movies, TV, and video games, and oh. it's Final Girl February on their site. So they, on their first episode, they talked about my all-time favorite movie, The Final Girls. Very and, cool. And yeah, they spend like the whole episode, they talk, you know, maybe five minutes at the top about things that make them happy in their life right now. And then they, you know, just sort of pick apart the movie for a good solid hour and we spend maybe 15 minutes talking about these movies total just sort of like here's what i thought and here's why i liked it or here's why i didn't and then we yeah. move on <laughs> yep each each movie gets like 10 to 15 minutes and then we yeah and that's kind of it um but you know that we could always change we could i mean always do. we could but i i like it the way it is personally. i like it is i like the way it is too until we've mined this idea too much then we can change formats yes. if people are into it but but yes, go check out Lifetime of Happiness, and if you are into sobriety or particularly gay sobriety, check out Gay A, a podcast about sobriety. They are both fantastic. Cool. Jeremy. Yes. I went to see Jackass Forever yesterday because my husband has the oddest taste in things, like things you would never think he'd like he does, and one of those things is Jackass. And so we went to go see it at the theater, and do you know what it is in the beginning? What is it in the beginning? A kaiju movie. <gasps> But it's penis oh. kaiju. Oh my god! I've got to. <laughs> you got to see it to believe it. But I've got to see you. it. Yeah, that that is something too that I have in common with your husband is I <laughs> love Jackass. I grew up. Uh, you know, I was an impressionable teenager when it came out, and sure. I was like 
to an extent, like, sure, let's throw ourselves down the stairs. That seems like something they would do and would be fun or play with shopping carts and the whole thing. So, yeah, I do. Uh, I do need to see that movie because I've enjoyed all the other movies. Oh, so. it's It was so fun. I mean, one of the quickest hour and 40 minutes I've ever sat through. It just moves at a brisk pace, obviously. Yep. But also, it's the closest I think I'll ever come to watching like gay porn in the theater because okay. the amount of penis jock straps butthole balls yeah. all of those things semen there's come everywhere like it is it is just so homoerotic without actually like i don't think any of them are gay or at least not openly gay no but i don't think Atlanta. any of them are i don't think any of them are they're just you know they're just down but <laughs> my god it is hot <laughs> i love me some steve-o and johnny knoxville is still so hot whether he's gray or darker he's just so fucking sexy yeah and steve-o is looking good these days and that's his you know sober living that's going on there because i watched a bit of uh jackass number two not that long ago and he doesn't look great back then because i think the first two movies are when he was still using um and he looks rough like you can yeah you can tell. Uh, so he looks a lot better these days. So good on you, Steve-O. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, our converse, I was listening back to our previous episode where you were talking about thank you for being to me about being so open and letting you be a gay horn dog and all that. Um, <laughs> and uh, now that we're talking about it, I do think Jackass was probably uh, that was a positive from being so into Jackass when I was impressionable because uh, that homoeroticism has been prevalent there from the jump uh and it was never like you know they, they're just, they're not assholes they're yeah. not jackasses about that so uh i think that kind of helped i think that was a positive impression i took away from it so there you go well you gotta see it and like i said i thought of you because the whole opening is like a kaiju film so you That's gotta awesome. love that they did show a trailer for x which is the new ty west movie and hmm. Jenna Ortega's in it, and uh, one of the gals from Suspiria, one of the younger gals, that has just like striking. And I closed my eyes, so it was all audio or audio. Uh -huh. What's that word? Audio. Aural. Aural. Thank you. I was like, I know it. I'm not saying it right. It was yep. all aural, and it was aural sex. Yep, aural. <laughs> and it oral, sounded. It looked cool, like because I, as soon as I figured out what it was, I closed my eyes. Because yeah. if you're tuning in for the first time, I'm avoiding horror trailers to save my life, unless it's just a teaser, in which case I'll watch it. But it feels like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hmm. But not like a ripoff. And Joe actually said it looked pretty decent. But the poster, one of the posters is like a woman's leg, like making an X. There's like multiple posters that are really cool. But there's this movie from 2011 called X as well. And it's like the same thing. Like this woman's like sexy legs are crossed making like the X. I'm like, ripoff. Oh. Huh. Did you watch the Firestarter trailer? No. Okay. Nope. I haven't either. There's also nope. a movie called Men coming out that there's a trailer. And the Nope teaser or trailer hits tomorrow with the Super Bowl. Yep, with the Super Bowl, they're saying. So, and apparently, uh, I've read some article that they must have gotten to see it early or something already. Uh, the press, and they said they have no idea what the movie's about based on the trailer. So, because nice. apparently it's, it's one of those that's vague enough that they're still wondering what the hell is going on. Okay. And of course, being Jordan Peele, though, he keeps teasing that it is, again, a social commentary of some kind. So we'll see uh, what happens there. Heck yeah.
Well, Jeremy, we've done this a few times, but we have some promo codes. We have some gifts for our listeners, whoever might want to take us up on it. And this time it's a different spin. We have an audio book with some promo codes to give out, which goes through Google. So hit us up for the promo code, but it's Stephen King's new book that he wrote with Richard Chismar. I guess there's Wendy's... If there's a trilogy, the Gwendy's Button Box trilogy. So I'm just oh, going to read this blurb here. Have you heard, I've heard of, this? of those? I've heard of them. Uh, Stephen King is so prolific these days so where it's prolific. like where the dude's like, well, I'm just going to write like five books a year now. <laughs> um, and uh, you're not. I can't keep up with all of them. Like, I know them up to a point and then it's like, yeah, he writes like a million new books all the time. So I have no idea. Like his body of work is so huge now, but I've heard, I've seen that like on the bookshelf, these uh, at the, you know, at Barnes and Noble or whatever, these books. So. Well, I'm going to read this little blurb, which says visit stephenkingaudio.com to learn more about Stephen King and Richard Chismar's electrifying new audiobook, Gwendy's Final Task. Return to Castle Rock in this final installment of the New York Times bestselling Gwendy's Button Box Trip. Trilogy. Download Gwendy's Final Task wherever audiobooks are sold or visit stephenkingaudio.com to learn more. And you know how you can learn more? You can hit us up, slide into our DMs, write us at scaringasharing at gmail.com. We will give you a promo code to listen to the final installment of the trilogy. Hopefully somebody out there has already been like reading the trilogy and they're like, hell yeah, give me that final installment. Yeah, and if you already read it physically, maybe you want to listen to it, but like... Hit us up. Promo codes, promo codes. We love promo codes. We love giving gifts. We got them for you. (laughs) So hit us up, please. Speaking of telegrams, or speaking of contacting us, which we call telegrams, we have some, Jeremy. We went a week without, but now we're back. Yes, thank you. We love to talk to people. We just love people talking to us. We just want to dialogue with you. So I'm glad we've got some. Start us off. I will go first with... It's my boy, Ethan. Ethan. Elite friend of the podcast, Ethan, has written in again. uh, And he says, the subject is scream and other stuff. Yeah. He says, hey, guys, hope all is well. I had to stop your scream episode because I haven't seen it yet. Thank you. He's he's doing exactly what we anticipate people (laughs) doing, which is stop, watch the movie, come back and listen to the conversation we had about it. Uh, I am going to try and catch it Saturday morning since my wife works and she has no interest in seeing it. I most likely will be going alone and was wondering if you would pass up seeing a highly anticipated movie if it meant you had to go alone or do you revel in the solo movie going experience? Um, And I can, we'll get to that. Hold on. Also, I'm not sure if anyone has ever asked, but what's your go-to movie theater snack? I gotta say, I'm a little slut for some pretzels and nacho cheese. I know that is aggressive, and I am not sorry. Bye! Ah, yum. Yes, I love nachos and cheese, but I've been eating healthy, so I try not to eat anything at the movies, but it's the one time, like, I always have sparkling water through, like, my soda stream. Just Mm. no flavoring, just straight up sparkling water. But when I go to the movies, I'll get, like, a Coke Zero or a Diet Coke. It's like the one time I have like the syrups. It's always sugar-free or, you know, diet, but it's, that's my splurge. But if I was not dieting and if I was skinny and like never gained any calories, I probably, my go-to would be peanut M&Ms because I like sucking on them so that they last the whole movie. And I also really love the nachos and cheese. Fuck yes. I am a hardcore classical movie theater snacks guy. It's popcorn. 
Just movie theater popcorn is so good. Generally, I don't even need to add that much salt or butter because it's already salted and buttered enough. But, you know, sometimes you go a little crazy, put some more on there. Uh, and it's got to be an icy with mm. that. Got to be the icy. Got to mix red and blue together. That's, mm. that's my go-to. Uh, and sometimes if I'm feeling like my sweet tooth is acting up, it's Sour Patch Kids. Yum. And yeah, I think that the 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 ICs didn't used to be like the same as soda, but now at least the AMCs, you buy your drink for you know thirty dollars, and then you can do whatever yep. the fuck you want you with it. You want an icy? You want. you want an icy and root beer? You can do that. You can yeah, just, just mix, mix all that shit up. together. Whatever, you can yeah. get an icy comeback later when you're leaving, and get a diet coke, whatever. Yeah, hell yeah. And as far as going to the movies alone, I've done it many times. Like if me I really so. if I really want to see something, it's not gonna stop me. And in fact, I can think of a specific instance, much like Ethan, uh, was when the lighthouse was in theaters and mm. I wanted to see it so bad. Of course, that's a movie Sarah had no interest in. <laughs> so there was a night when she was doing a show and she was at like rehearsal or something, and I found, but that was like a limited release too. So you had to hunt down the lighthouse when it was in theater. So I found like a theater that was playing it, and I went and sat there and saw it with like me and like literally, I think four other people were like in the theater for that screening. And I loved it. I mean, Robert Eggers is fantastic so far. I've enjoyed what he's only done the two movies right now, right? Yeah, the witch, the witch yep. and the lighthouse. And Nosferatu's next, apparently. Yeah, that's what again. he keeps saying. But yeah, both of those are fantastic. So yeah, if I really want to see something, I'm going to see it. I go to the theater. Yeah, I have no issues. Sometimes it's even a little scarier, a little more. I wouldn't say more enjoyable, but it's a different experience going by yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, as I, I don't think I'm like an empath. I don't know. I don't think I am. But like, I definitely can feed off a person's energy, especially my husband. Like if I can just tell my husband's hating something, it affects my movie watching experience. It, yeah. it, it taints it, if you will. Oh, oh no. It can on an occasion. But I, I mean, I love going to movies. We've seen hundreds of movies at the movie theater. So it's, it's you know, one of my favorite things. But like if I, it's usually like a scary movie. If I could just tell he's hating it, I, I just think about that so much. So mm-hmm. it can be fun to go by myself. And yeah, I have no issues. I used to on my birthday when like the dollar theaters were a thing, I would go to the dollar show and just see as many scary movies as I could. And I remember doing that alone. I remember I saw Gothica on my birthday alone, which was not good. And I did not think it was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a bad movie. But yeah, I have no issue. I, I generally will find someone to go with, but it will not keep me from going to something. I like going with people, but it won't keep me whatsoever. Yeah, I re- I can remember another experience too, where like I went to the theater uh, with a friend to see something, and we saw that movie, and it was one of those. It was like a weekend or something where I had nothing to do. So after that movie ended, I was like, I'm gonna see another movie. Uh, like he split, so I just stayed at the theater and watched like I can't even. I don't even remember what it was. Uh, but I went and saw another movie like on my own and just spent the day watching at the theater all day. So. I love it. And Ethan, please write back and tell us what you thought of Scream after you listen to the rest of our episode or not. Whatever you choose to do, it's your life. You do what you Mm -hmm. want. Whatever, whatever. (laughs) I wish we were there with you right now. Yeah, that's right. He's ideally he's seeing it now because it is Saturday. It is. It's the Saturday he said he'd be going. So and guess who we have another telegram from? Teacher Drew. Yes, Teacher Drew, who writes. 
Hey guys, it's been a minute since I've written in, but trust me, I've been listening out there in the dark. Oh, that's what I like to say. No, seriously, remember I usually listen while running at 5 a.m. <laughs> I always appreciate your insights and your weekly picks, but I have to say, I also really enjoy your opening repartee. Oh, look at that. Oh. Concerning a few of your topics, I also tried to watch Archive 81, but only made it a few episodes in. It just didn't hook me. What I did enjoy, however, was a new movie on Shudder called Slap Face. It wasn't brilliant, but it was an interesting approach to the genre. By all means, make sure to add to your horror movie knowledge by watching The Platform. It was engaging and eye-opening. It was one of my favorites for that year. I'm with Jeremy on Gods and Monsters. It is a beautiful and touching movie and a must-see. Lastly, for my unpopular opinion, I liked Us a lot more than Get Out. There, I said it. Till next time, love to you both, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Wonderful. Well, there you go. So someone, at least, at least one person enjoys our little chit chat, chit chat in the beginning. Good, good. And <laughs> there's one more to add to. We got to do Gods and Monsters. I mean, yes. And I, I, I would like to do that episode with that and Shadow of the Vampire because they just really feel like a good, a good that, pairing. That does feel like a footnote. Maybe that's a special episode we, uh, mm -hmm. we do in the future. And I've not watched either in quite a while. So uh, it would be a good refresher to do both of them. And I do want to watch Slap Face. I'm very, the poster has me yeah. curious. And... I saw it in my scrollings online. It's popped up now a couple mm -hmm. of times. And like, Jeremy, you may want to watch this. And I'm like, huh, okay. And the platform you say, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> but Teacher Drew, thank you for writing in. I'm, I'm back to swimming. So I've been listening to podcasts in the water. That's where I listen to A, a Lifetime of Happiness and Gay A. So I love, like, I know we talked about, like, where do people listen to us? And I love that Teacher Drew listens while running. I mean, that's great. Podcasts are great for exercise because if you are into the conversation, the people, whatever they're talking about, it really just the time flies and it's so nice. Absolutely. When I was in the office, I would use podcasts to like, uh, you know, listening but at my, my desk working away and it makes the time fly. Same with road trips. I haven't been on a, I mean, the first time I ever listened to a podcast was Mystery Show, which is still, it's only one season, but one of my all-time favorite podcasts. It is brilliant. You should check it out. And that was the first podcast I ever listened to. And it was on a road trip. And just the time just flew by. Especially if you can find one of those like horror or like a mystery, thrillery sort of like serials, like not like a fiction one, but something like Shit Town. Did you listen to Shit Town? No, I heard of oh it. Oh my God. The twists, the turns, they keep mm -hmm. on coming and it will have you so engrossed. Something mm -hmm. like that is so good. I love those. Absolutely. So thank you both for writing in. As always, anyone can write to us. We will read it no matter what you say, no matter how much you tear us apart or build us up. Scaringasharing at gmail.com. <laughs> so far, everyone's been very kind. Mostly but so just... far, you know, I'm just waiting. Although if someone like has something horrible to say, then they probably wouldn't listen to us. Like, why would you? But yeah, absolutely. But you never know. We could get we could get somebody that's pissed off. And but we want to talk to you. We'll try and we work it out. We'll try and work it out. Do you know my husband's? I know I talked about that one time when he said something that caught me really off guard about wanting to watch Toxic Avenger one in, um, and and the the musical as the musical? well. Yeah, he's done it again, Jeremy. Oh no! What did he do this time? He said, "I would really like to watch the original Slumber Party Massacre and then the remake." 
I was oh, like, wow. he used me? What Whoa. did you say? Where is my husband? Awesome. <laughs> so, and I was like, I'll rewatch them with you. I especially want to rewatch the original after seeing the remake a couple times now. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure you'll glean some, uh, uh, like, oh, look, there's that, you know, that they pay tribute to. I'm sure there's totally. tons of that buried throughout. So, yeah. So I'm excited to do that. We have not yet, but. That'll be a fun double feature. Yeah, really will be. Mm-hmm. The only other thing I wanted to talk about was there's this new show. I don't know if it started or coming up, but it's an Eli Roth produced show called A Ghost Ruined My Life. And I oh, just no. think that, that title is so fucking funny. Yes, that and the fact that Eli Roth has now like jumped from, you know, uh, uh the up and coming empresario of like <laughs> graphic horror to he's doing like th- this is not the first like he's doing like reality television now like quite a bit of these like paranormal ghost mm-hmm. hunter shows and stuff like that like he's done a couple now uh where i'm like okay interesting he did a uh, he did a documentary about sharks for shark week weird like this past shark uh you know, about shark attacks or something like that. So I guess, okay, interesting, looking for new things to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, Take. get the money where you can, Eli. Yeah, I'll, I would be interested in seeing an episode of A Ghost Ruined My Life. I know, I see. want, like, the ghost to, like, poop on someone's laundry or something, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was gonna be like the ghost like ruined their credit or something like that, like really ruined their life, like, <laughs> like racked up their, their spending on Amazon in the middle of yep. the night. This ghost came and took their identity and like took and the out credit a bunch card of loans. company was like, "Oh, sure, a ghost did it. Okay, yep. we can't find any evidence of that." <laughs> the ghost defaulted on a bunch of loans in that person's name. So, <laughs> oh, that is rich. I love it. Love I hope it. that's what happens. What have you watched this week? Uh, I have kind of gone down uh, a couple of things. The new Texas Chainsaw is on the horizon on Netflix. So I've been revisiting some of those. More? Oh, yeah. Yeah, even more. I just rewatched Texas Chainsaw, the remake, the Platinum Dunes. uh, Michael Bay produced Texas Chainsaw. Everyone gushes all over it. There's some sequences, I would say. Yeah, I have. I still have a soft spot for it. Watching it, I'm like, it's not the worst of this series. It's pretty solid like it reeks like rewatching it with modern eyes now it's like oh my god it's really of a moment in horror like it was leaning the platinum into the, dunes moment which yeah, platinum dunes moment which was like let's take a classic property and then turn Shit it into on a, it let's <laughs> gonna say turn it into a turn it into a torture porn turn oh, it into okay. hostile turn it into saw mm-hmm. like they were going they were trying to make those movies that thing that was happening at the time totally and it's got its moment like arlie ermy uh as sheriff as sheriff hoyt he steals the show like he's the villain like even more so than leatherface you're like why is leatherface even in the picture when this guy is scarier than the fucking leatherface character of this movie like he he does a great job there does he make a kid kill himself or is he just like he has this kid like put a gun in his mouth yes yep does the kid end up shooting himself No. no he pulls the gun on the sheriff and it's like, fuck you, motherfucker. And then pulls the trigger, and, but it's empty. Ah, okay. The gun was empty. And then he, you know, fucks him up after that, where he's like, you just tried to shoot the sheriff. And wow. Like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, he is horrible. Yeah, he's absolutely terrifying. And then you, you know, that's when, that, that's around the time you realize, oh, he's part of the cannibal family. Like, you're not mm-hmm. quite sure what's going on there yet. He's just an asshole. And then you're like, oh, no, he's related to all of them. So these kids are fucked. But, you know, it's, 
it's uneven, but it's okay. Like it's the middle of the pack. Cause I think from what I remember, I disliked or, or I didn't like the prequel. Cause then they do Texas Chainsaw, the beginning, which is just that same movie again. <laughs> like, and then the Leatherface, which is also a, a beginning. Yeah. And then there's Leatherface. That was, I've not actually watched that one. The most recent Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. was just titled Leatherface, another prequel. I watched like 10 minutes of it once and i was like this is absolutely dreadful like this yep. feels like a parody of texas chainsaw but they weren't intending it to be like s- silly and stupid so yeah there is a clever bait and switch in it but it it's still not good yeah i saw the scene where he gets like a chainsaw for his birthday the character mm-hmm. and i was like this is so dumb <laughs> like yeah so dumb. i can't can't finish it and we've talked about it before but in the the first the platinum dunes remake that one scene i think is brilliant when he takes off eric balfour's face and wears it that is so yeah. fucking creepy that's still cool that whole sequence is still effective when the girls are stranded in the van together and then they get attacked by leatherface like it's still pretty well done there yeah it, that movie is really just a collection of some cool scenes but like yeah the bigger movie is like meh, pretty meh. Yeah. And Jessica Biel's hot in it. I'll I'll say that. Oh As yeah. As a gay man looking in, she is like in that wife beater. She's just she's good and she is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, she looks great in that movie. Like every time I rewatch it, I'm like, hmm, because I find <laughs> like Hollywood the the usual body type. I'll say that Hollywood likes to throw up there is just not what i'm into so i've always you know people are always like she's hot she's hot i'm like they're okay they're pretty but but jessica beale in that movie oh my god yeah yeah but anyway i also have been tearing through the boris karloff movies that shutter has now uh hmm. revisiting because shutter has a selection they have that documentary up uh, yeah. which i haven't watched yet i'm re-watching the boris karloff uh starring films that they have have uh put up there right now so uh revisited the original frankenstein which is still you know great movie uh i watched the og mummy which i know is on the list i think to give you at some point like that's still a solid vehicle uh boris karloff was just kind of something else like when you see and i've heard people talk about this before when you go back and watch those old movies guys like boris karloff bella lugosi it only makes sense that they became like superstars in their own right because they're doing stuff in these old movies like they're acting whatever they're doing is so different from everybody around them because you watch like the other actors who are just like you know the normal people in the movie that are just like well gee whiz sally what's going on in there and it's that kind (laughs) of acting and then karloff comes in just inhabiting whatever character he's doing and it feels so modern for something that's like a hundred years old almost mm-hmm. now yeah. uh but i did watch. and speaking of those two lagosi and karloff i did watch the black cat from 1934 uh the vaguely based on edgar Allan poe's story uh but it stars karloff is the villain and lagosi is the hero oh a rare hero turn for lagosi um he there's both still pretty twisted, but it's like a revenge story. Um, and it is pretty dark for a movie from the 30s. I know, it, as they call it, it's a pre-code horror movie. So the Hayes Code hadn't gone into effect yet where, you know, uh, the movie studio started toning down what they were putting in there to self-censor a little bit. But So mm-hmm. this movie's got allusions to Karloff's character being a necrophiliac, 
which feels really like holy crap he's a satanist straight up a satanist and does like a satanic ritual in the movie and you're like this is all stuff that few years later they would never even talk about in the movie mm, so for sure it's pretty you know it's it's the plotting is a little bit it's got some boring moments but like whenever lugosi and karloff are on screen like all of a sudden it becomes this real twisted cool thing so um it was a lot of fun if nobody's ever seen that i had never seen it all the way through so it was pretty cool to finally get to sit down and engage with it after hearing about it for years being like a universal classic you must see so and that's it that's what i've been watching well i've not watched anything i mean i've watched a lot of better things and like celebrity big brother and shit like that but nothing nothing horror related nothing horror related and i'm i'm right there with you and teacher drew i i honestly don't have much of a, a desire to go back to archive 81 it sort of just was like okay Mm -hmm. yeah i just kind of maybe 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 i'll pick it up again at some point but we just kind of fell off of it and went on to other things so back to nope the jordan peele movie do you think it's be about ufos because the teaser that's what it looks like a bunch of people looking up in the sky and the poster is like that cloud with like yeah yeah it's gonna be aliens or like maybe some sort of natural disaster like is he gonna go the Roland Emmerich direction and it's going to be like weather is now alive and trying to kill us or something like that. Who knows? Well, you'll have to let me know if the Super Bowl trailer is teasery enough that I should watch it or if I should just, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. I'm going to stay away. Stay away. Stay away. Uh, Yeah. You know me like the Super Bowl. The only reason I'll be really watching. Well, Matthew Stafford is playing in the Super Bowl. So that will be, uh, for any football people i'm a detroit lions ride or die and he was our star quarterback for so long but the team has been terrible so he left and took an opportunity elsewhere but i'm glad he's got a team to get him to the super bowl finally i mean i'm just excited the Bengals are there like i hope they sing eternal flame because it's like my favorite Bengals song you know? there you go there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh well you know what do you have anything else to talk about no, I mean, uh, that's that's really it right now. Well, you've done it to me, and now I'm going to do it to you. Oh, it's your birthday episode. It's my birthday episode. So my birthday will be after this episode comes out. But my birthday is February 16th. I'm an Aquarius. I'm on the cusp of the cusp of being a Pisces. <laughs> oh, are you? Okay. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Leo, but I'm like a deep Leo. Like okay. I'm, not, I'm not on a cusp or anything. I'm like smack in the middle of it, I think. I don't understand a lot of astrology, but usually when people find out I'm an Aquarius, they're like, uh-huh, yep. And not in a bad way. Like I, I seem to fit lots of the, the the good qualities of an Aquarius. That happens to me a lot too, where people are like, you are such a Leo, I can tell. So. <laughs> but I really like debated on what to give you. Like I wanted to, of course, be a little bit of an antithesis or the opposite of what you gave me. So Ooh. of course I'm like, what are some like gay horror movies I can give you? And mm-hmm. I struggled, like I was going to give you like Hellbent, which is like a gay slasher. Mm-hmm. And then I was trying to find something to pair that with. But then I decided decided after sort of skirting around this um topic a couple episodes ago i knew exactly what i was going to do Ooh, okay and i'm actually giving you one movie i've seen and one movie you've kind of seen and then one movie neither of us have seen oh okay cool lay it on me so the first one is whatever happened to baby jane oh cool yeah and the second one is berserk 
Cool. So one Betty Davis, Joan Crawford, and one just Joan Crawford. And yeah. Um, so yeah, so I know you talked about seeing some of whatever happened to Baby Jane. I want to hear, so you know what it's about, but yeah. Tell us what you know of it and what you remember of watching it. And yeah. then tell me what you think Berserk's about. Okay. Uh, what I remember from whatever happened to Baby Jane uh, is they are, you know, she's like an aged movie star or something like that. And it's her sister. Is to, I can't remember who's playing what role, but, you know, it's something like that. And she's like invalid now and her uh, sister's taking care of her but she's just terrible to her and they just drive each other crazy and like the horror comes from the psychological like abuse they put on each other uh, and I just remember like some scenes uh, I there's a staircase I know and I'm sure it's like somebody's gonna fall down that fucking staircase but I, <laughs> I remember the, the idea of like I'm gonna murder my sister you know they want to kill each other that's what I remember about it I've seen bits and pieces on television I, it, it was one of those movies that I feel like as the weird little movie kid I was, like as a preteen and early teenager, like reading a lot of books about like, here's these famous cult movies that like, you know, you must see because they're forgotten treasures or whatever. That came up a lot. Uh, so I think I watched it on like TCM probably, you know, Turner Classic Movies used to run it, I think. So that's how I saw what I have seen of it. But uh, that's what I remember. Berserk, I feel like is that, um, it was Joan Crawford, uh, she went into that weird, uh, in her late career, she started doing all those horror movies as we talked about a couple episodes ago. Uh, and for a minute she was doing these, I don't know what to call them because the slasher, slasher movies weren't a thing yet when they were made. So it's like a proto slasher, I think, where there's an ax murderer or something like that on the loose. Uh, cause that, I feel like it's similar to straight jacket, which I feel like had, if I remember straight jacket correctly, it had ax murders going on. Mm-hmm or at least one in there, but it's been a, lot, a while since I watched that. Um, but I think it's either, I think in this, that one though, because if I remember, Straight Jacket is the one where she's the killer, right? Joan Crawford is the murderer? Yes. yes. If I remember okay. correctly, yes. So I feel like Berserk is different in that she's a, like menaced by some sort of killer that's out there, I think. So that's what okay. I think it's about. Cool. Yeah, I'm really excited to see it. I never have. I got joe a, a bag once that i sort of helped like i think i partially designed it and then like got some company over in like japan that like does stuff and they don't care about copyright stuff to like print this like over the shoulder bag uh -huh. that has like a scene from it or something but cool but i'm excited to check it out it seems very silly and i think berserk is a william castle flick uh who is a b-movie producer in the 50s um, and 60s that did uh he's the guy that made the original house on haunted hill with vincent price uh, okay he, wor he works with vincent price a lot joan crawford for some movies so like he he made some stuff that lives deep in the american he did the original 13 ghosts so stuff that's been remade a bunch of times that's very silly everyone still gushes over the remake of 13 ghosts oh god what a good movie and i'm like i have no interest in rewatching it because i remember it being bad it okay i have like nostalgia for it uh i love matthew lillard in it uh i like the ghosts like everyone talks about the ghosts are so cool like the the designs they put into it but the movie itself like the 
I was just having this conversation with my brother, actually, where he was like, the plot, he was like, the plot is terrible. It makes no sense. Like, it's, it's just stupid. So I was like, I know, I know it's a bad movie. I defend just because I get some enjoyment out of it, but it's not a good movie. Yeah, yeah. The original is actually like, I think, a better movie than the remake. And it's like very silly and very 60s. But I would be interested to check it out, I think. Yeah, it's it's fun. Okay. Well, I'm excited. I've obviously went the campy route, which is very me. I think it's going to be great. It speaks to, to the both of us. You know, I did monsters. I did rubber <laughs> monster, you know, rubber suited monster movies. And you're doing uh, uh, high camp. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be great. Well, let's go watch them and come back and chat about them. Hell yeah. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. We're back. Yeah. With <laughs> the birthday boys picks. It is officially my birthday right now. I just took a nap. I've been at it all day. I had the day off. So watch these movies. That was the great way to spend the day. Got some horror gifts. I got both of those um, books that you have. What are they called? Ad nauseum. Oh, ad nauseum. Yeah, I got both of those. Both of them. Yeah. Cool. I want then- to. Do you not have the 90s one? No, I only have the first one. I oh, okay. Get that. that second one wasn't out when I got that. That's like a recently published thing. So I want to get the second it. one. Yeah. I got a coat that makes it look like I'm in Midsummer. It is a bear and it looks like I'm inside of it. It's amazing. And then I got a Midsummer hat that I'm wearing right now. That's the little hut. And I got a shirt that with um, Tony Collette and it says, I am your mother. <laughs> from hereditary i got some other fun clothes i got a final girl's keychain my husband knows what the fuck is up okay that's awesome can we (laughs) can we please do a photo shoot or something uh based on midsummer where you're just sitting there like in a stupor in that thing and you're wearing like a clown uh, a crown of flowers yes yes please Oh my God, we must have that. That would be so good. So oh, as soon as we need that. promotional, you know, promo photos, that's exactly what we're going to yes. do. Yes. Oh, I fucking love it. Well, awesome. Well, let's get to it. I think let's start with whatever happened to baby Jane. Yes, indeed. What? whatever did happen to baby jane (laughs) i talked to my parents today of course it's my birthday and my dad said you'll have to tell me because i've never been able to get through that movie what did happen to her so i'm gonna read the you know what for both of these i'm reading summaries from imdb because they're they offer many options and i'm reading the shortest ones so Here, it's quite simple. A former child star torments her paraplegic sister and their decaying Hollywood mansion, period. (laughs) That's really it. I mean, there's not a lot. I mean, I guess there's a lot of plot in the movie, technically, because of the intricacies you're learning about their relationship and everything that happened. But really, the core of it is just these two women driving each other crazy. So let me ask you this. I know you have seen some of this as you're watching Mm -hmm. it. Were you like, I remember all of this? Were you like, oh, wow, I don't remember all these various storylines or like what? How was that experience? I only remember uh, some of the scenes of, you know, them together, like yelling at each other and baby Jane herself tormenting 
uh, Blanche. Uh, and I've seen a lot of that stuff. I must have seen, I've probably seen some TV documentaries about the real life feud between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford that uh, art life imitates art. So it seems like they uh, took a cue from this movie and hated each other's guts. Uh, so yeah, I've seen selections, but no, like a lot of this movie was a revelation because I didn't know all these subplots and a lot of things going on. Um, you know, I totally loved Victor Buono. Uh, oh, so good. As Edwin. I saw him and I was like, holy crap, it's King Tut. Because he was <laughs> the villain King Tut in the Adam West Batman TV series, uh, which I watched, you know, obsessively as a kid. Uh, okay. Runs of. So, you know, as soon as I saw him, I was like, yay, King Tut's in this. He's awesome. And he was only 24 in this movie. And he died when he was 43. What age did I turn today? 43. Indeed. Uh, I hope I don't die this year. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> but he's um, so good. Yeah, he's so good. I even went on down a rabbit hole and was watching some of his stand-up on YouTube because he was oh, also is it a good? Stand- yeah, he's he's hilarious. He's just a really good like speaker. Some of it I wouldn't call stand-up as much as it's more like spoken word performance, okay. but I watched some of that. Uh, and he's he's just a, a charismatic person. So he is. He's very good. And so good in this movie. He was nominated for an Oscar. I believe his only Oscar nomination. But he's just, he's so good. It, this was also his first movie. Oh, really? This I was his first movie His first wow. movie ever. Yeah, he was a stage actor before this. So Yeah, he's fantastic in it. And I loved the, uh, the housekeeper. Oh my that God. Was like, I think that was the character yes. I was most drawn to in that, like, She's the only one that's talking sense here. Like, you got to get your crazy (laughs) sister some help out of this house and away from you. Um, But, you know. Did you read any of the IMDb trivia? I didn't. So the girl that lived next door to them was Betty Davis's daughter. Oh, okay. In real life, IRL. So that's interesting. And Betty Davis, I guess, you know. Uh, some of the stuff may be legend. Some of it comes from like her. She has this autobiography. So there's all sorts of various places and some of it's just lore by now. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of baby Jane's makeup came from Betty Davis's idea that like Jane Hudson, like never ever like did anything with her face, but just add more layers. So like that was sort of the, the inspiration behind it. And when her daughter saw her makeup, she was like, oh, mother, you've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> but her makeup is so good. It's so creepy. It does feel just like this creepy mask that she wears. It is definitely, I find it very eerie. Uh, and I definitely uh, keyed into... Uh, she has the little heart drawn yes. on her cheek yes. like a mole. And they did that uh, same thing with the current, unless I'm totally mistaken, but I'm pretty sure they did the same thing with the current incarnation of Harley Quinn uh, in, you know, DC Comics' mm. movies. And uh, clearly, you know, she's drawing inspiration for Baby Jane. I think there obviously had to be some character design stuff they took from this movie, so. Interesting. And the song that's playing when Blanche throws like the letter out the window and like the the radio's on like too loud is actually a song called Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Oh. It's sung by Debbie Burton, but there's a spoken word section in it where Betty Davis like talks and she's like, whatever did happen to baby Jane? And then there's like some performances of Betty Jane, like, I mean, of (laughs) Betty Davis singing it Uh on like a TV show and stuff. It is, it's 
an amazing song and you got to check it out. It's it's, it's quite awesome. entertaining. And I mean, I know you probably know some of this from, you know, just the lore over the years. I've not watched Feud, which is that that TV show that was all about the feud between these two women. But uh, apparently Betty Davis really kicked Joan Crawford in the head at some point during one of the kick scenes. So Joan Crawford like said, you have to use a stunt double because I needed stitches because of her. And therefore she tied or like sewed weights into her dress. So when Betty Davis had to drag her around, it was like super heavy. So there's just like all these things. And then Betty Davis was the only one of the two to be nominated for an Oscar. So Joan Crawford called apparently all the other Oscar nominees and said, if you win and you're not able to be there, I'll happily accept your award. And that happened because <laughs> Anne Bancroft won and was not there. And Joan Crawford apparently went right past Betty Davis backstage with nary and excuse me and went on stage to accept Anne Bancroft's award, which is just brilliant. I, I did. Uh, I Love did that. read about how uh, when uh, Betty Davis was nominated, uh, she never mentioned Joan Crawford at all in like any any press, you know, uh, mm-hmm. discussion of the movie, which pissed Joan Crawford off so much that she couldn't stop talking about how it was my movie too. Um, and it's just like, <laughs> holy cow, like this movie is kind of like meta <laughs> in a way because uh, they really were horrible bitches to each other. So, And apparently that's a, a big portion of the reason why they were cast because people were already well aware that they were not fond of one another like this existed before the film. And so it was part of the draw. And I mean, the movie did very well, like recouped its its earnings in 11 days and went on to gross what I think today would be like around like $80 million, which is like huge for like a very small budget kind of movie like it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also, I'm, I touch on this briefly when I was originally sort of like testing the waters with you to see what you've seen so that I could pick these movies a couple weeks ago. But this is Psycho Biddy is sort of the genre that this is known as, but there's other names for it. Hag horror, which is just so depressing. Uh-huh. Also, hag exploitation. Yeah. And as we also talked about, although I said just Grand Guinal before, but it's actually Grand Dom Guinal is the the other variety of genre that includes like this berserk hush hush sweet charlotte a lot of these movies really with elderly you know aged actresses that are sort of like acted out of of many roles that are now just getting these sort of horror films in a way and this is like just definitely very much on like the line like i mean it's definitely a thriller but like i remember seeing the majority of these scenes in terror in the aisles like Mm -hmm. that's how i saw most of this before i ever watched the whole thing and and i just i find it i it's just i and the the quality of the version i watched was just beautiful like it was so crisp and apparently Mm -hmm. that's another thing like they wanted to film it in color and betty davis said it'll be so much more depressing if it's black and white (laughs) that's yeah that's uh what i was thinking about beach scenes in black and white like when they're at the beach doesn't look warm or fun at all like a beach in california should it looks you know very sad and somber and cold so we did i've also talked about this i know but we did a parody called whatever baby jane at the ringwald many many moons ago and it was great my husband played 
uh, Baby Jane, uh, Ringwald favorite Richard Payton played Blanche, Joel Mitchell played Edwin, who mm. is perfect. Like I just cannot even like watching it. It's like all I can think of is Joel Mitchell because he is so good. And then Diane Bailey played numerous other parts like the maid, which, you know, now she really shouldn't have done. She's a white girl. Um, but at the time, we just had a very small cast who played multiple roles. But mm-hmm. it was super fun, and we had a good time. And there, it was short, though. It was like an hour. This is like two hours and 15 minutes. It definitely mm-hmm. felt a little long watching it today, I'm not going to lie. Uh, especially, like, the beginning. Like, you don't see either of them for, like, 20 minutes. Yes. Yeah, there's except all that- for in, like, film. I, I like how the movie opens with that whole like preamble of before the title, you know, credits even come up and you're like, oh, okay, that was all just background to get us up to speed with, you know, <laughs> where the rest of the story is going to take place. So, And that is my favorite part of our production was Diane Bailey, who also like helped like co-write it and everything like that is very good with film editing and such. And we use pretty much that exact opening from the movie but she like put joe and richard's faces like over the little girls and i still (laughs) have it and i think i'm gonna have to like put it up on her instagram because it is so fucking funny and i just like so much of the movie i could only think of our production which you know since we wrote it and like you know you see it like 20 times like it's just hard not to think of it while watching it but i just it's such a fun movie and the other little tidbit i think the last one that i have is that the wig that betty davis wore apparently also joan crawford had wore in a previous movie Mm. but like joan crawford because of the restyling joan crawford didn't even like recognize it but it's just crazy it makes me want to watch feud that show i really would like to watch it and check it out because i know a little bit of the background with them, but I think I'd like to know more. It's just, it's Ryan Murphy and he kind of, yeah. his shit kind of bugs me. He kind of bums me out because yeah. uh, I, I think poor Ryan Murphy, I think you've done one like TV season that I thought was legitimately great and everything else has been a disappointment on some level. And which it. was that? And that was the people versus OJ Simpson. Mm. I thought that was a fantastic series from top to bottom, but everything else, like every season of American Horror Story, there's some stuff I like, and then most of it is disappointing. Even his, I didn't see the newest one because they did like the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky scandal with American Started Crime it. Story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I did start the second one with the, uh, was it the uh, Versace killer? Mm. Um and that one was just like I fell off real quick because it was just so tonally different from what he did with because the people versus OJ Simpson is played so straight and so dead serious that I thought he's going to stay with that in American Crime Story. But the next season was weird. Yeah, he just I, I like what you said that he bums me out. For me, it annoys me, I think. I think it's more annoyance because he just feels so full of himself and it just seems to ooze in everything he does. Just this entitlement or something. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't like when he takes like real stories uh, and just plays so fast and loose with the facts. Uh, you know what I mean? Like what was that one he did about rock hudson or at least rock hudson was like a character in it it was 
had the dude from Big Bang Theory in there. I think it was on Netflix. I can't remember. It was hmm. about Hollywood of that time. Oh, and I place. think it was called Hollywood. Yeah. Was it just called Hollywood? Yeah, that was him, right? That. that was yeah. Ryan Murphy. Yeah. 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 That was just too fast and loose for me as a like guy that's into Hollywood history. It's like, yep, none of this happened. None of these people met. Like this is entirely <laughs> fantasy uh, and it's just not done well. Uh, it's just too goofy and silly. So yeah, and he just seems like a scumbag. I I don't know. So I apologies. Well, actually, hashtag sorry, not sorry to anyone out there who fucking has a big boner for Ryan Murphy because it is not me. Yeah, not us. <laughs> but this movie, back to whatever happened to Baby Jane, the movie. Uh, this legitimately made me anxious. Did uh, it? The, the scenes of them together was just so uh real that I was like, oh my god. I, I, I can't stand it. She's treating Blanche so terribly. <laughs> and I like that it sort of starts off like the doors open. I mean, she's upstairs, which it's like, well, that's rude, you know, that she mm -hmm. keeps a woman in a wheelchair upstairs, but it also helps control her. But it, it starts off very much like she, even though she's in a wheelchair and she's upstairs, there's like a little bit of, she can come out of her room if she wants. It just like, it slowly becomes more and more like confined, like mm -hmm. the door being locked and her being tied up and things like that. Now, spoiler alert, go away if you've not seen this and please watch it because it is, it's must watch territory. It's a very good movie. But did you know the twist? No, no. Okay, no. okay. Because I think that's fun not knowing that and getting to it, not that it's like, you know, I see dead people. Like, it's yeah. not like the sixth sense, but I still think it's a fun, like, oh my God. And that, that line is the best where she's like, you mean all this time we could have been friends. <laughs> yeah. It's not, yeah. Like it's not a huge twist, but it's important. And it totally flips the narrative like on its head. And it just kind of happens at the end. Uh, but it's also like, you know, too little too late. Cause baby Jane's fully lost her mind at that <laughs> point. And it's just, yeah, it's just an amazing way to end the movie. Now, have you seen sunset Boulevard? A long time ago. Okay, because the ending feels very similar to me, just in that regard of, like, your lead actress has sort of lost her mind and is sort of lost in her own world, and that's how it ends. And it is just a very eerie sort of ending. Yeah. And it's like, of course, Blanche is probably dead on the beach. Like, she is, like, already starting to, like, fry up in the sun. Mm -hmm. But, like, I love that Baby Jane is just, like, dancing all around. <laughs> yep, because she's still just trapped in what she was as a vaudeville. And Betty Davis, I mean, she deserves the Oscar nomination over Joan Crawford. I think her performance is so very good. I think she is creepy. I think she has some delightful moments, subtle moments. Like, it's not always over the top. She It's a very well-thought-out performance. Like, there's times where I know what the punchline is or sort of the iconic line, and I think she's going to get right to it. Like, the, the big one is like, but you are, Blanche, you are in that chair. Like, I know it's coming, and I just, like, in my mind, she just snaps into it. Once she said, you wouldn't treat me like this if I was in this chair. But, like, she thinks about it. You see her in the window sort of thinking of it before she says it and i'm just like it is just so good i find it uh -huh. very layered and while it could just be camping over the top i think it's just a very amazing performance i love her in it yeah she they're both great um but like you said uh what betty davis does has more layers going on uh where joan crawford is kind of the steady character throughout with this same speed for the most part uh throughout the movie and the funniest part is when 
Blanche writes out, types out this letter to throw out the window, and then she decides she needs to add more. So she writes all of this shit out. It's just so funny. It's like, why don't you type all that? Why don't you just write the whole letter? Like, it cracks me up every time. Yeah, it's great. It's just little touches like that. Like, this feels like a very real lived in story. Yeah, I really dig it. I think it is, yeah, a very, very enjoyable flick. So out of five Baby Jane dolls that were $3.25, which I sort of looked up what that would be, and they are roughly about $70 today. Yeah, yeah. when when she was like, I'll pay you $100 a week. I'm like, that was probably a lot of money back then. Yes. Um, And I did not look that up. But yes, I'm sure that was a shit ton of money. I'm sure that was like, that was probably like a grand or more a week, I bet. Yeah, that was a lot. No wonder he's like, give it to me now. Yeah, he's like, yes, please pay me in advance. (laughs) So out of five Baby Jane dolls, how many do you give? Whatever happened to Baby Jane? I give this, oh man, I'm like really fluctuating because it's like still sinking in. You know what? Go for broke. Four and a half. That is exactly what I give it, Jeremy. Excellent. Which means that's one. Scare of approval. Yes, I find the beginning part, like I know I said it's a little slow, but like that beginning part where like it's the two guys watching the old movie. Like I'm just like, let's just get to the story a little bit sooner. And I love how he's like, this sucks so bad. (laughs) Uh, But I'm like, really? It doesn't seem any different from movies that already existed then, but you know, whatever. And it did. It was, I don't know what movie it was, but like it did already exist. So But yeah. they're taking someone's movie that was already made, and they're like, "This movie sucks." Yeah, I know, kind of, kind of <laughs> catty there, guys. That's hilarious. Well, great, awesome. Let us move on to Berserk. Which do you really pronounce the R? Is it Berserk or is it Berserk? Berserk. Berserk. Bur- I think Bert. Bertzerk. That's yeah. your brother's new name. Yep, Bertzerk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I do think people just kind of soften that, you know, Berserk because it's easier it rolls off the tongue with the midwestern accent (laughs) all right i'm going to read the imdb summary again which is a scheming circus owner finds her authority challenged when the show is targeted by a vicious killer okay first off i gotta say i was confusing this movie with straight jacket i was like confused (laughs) combining the two of them and i have seen part of this one <laughs> like I've seen I've seen part of Straight Jacket and I've seen part of Berserk on TV. Both of them, I think I said Sven Gulli had played Straight Jacket. He's played this too. He's done like all of Joan Crawford's horror movies uh at some point or another, and I've tuned into like bits and pieces of them. So I have seen part of this one because I was like, oh, this is the circus one. Yeah, I saw uh, like a couple scenes from it. Um and it's not William Castle. William Castle did Straight Jacket. Got so it. This one's a British production, and it feels very British. And this was a giant cheese fest. <laughs> so cheesy. Oh, my this God. So freaking cheesy. And Joan Crawford is 61 in it. And like that, those quasi love scenes between her and Frank <laughs> Hawkins. I'm like, he is almost half your age. He was like yeah. 37. But like, I'm like, Joe said, OK, grandma. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh holy cow <laughs> i i feel like if you sat down and added up all the scenes of just circus performances in this yes. movie and like cut them out this movie's like an hour long oh my god all Seriously. these asides where they're like we're gonna show you a whole goddamn real circus like 
act just to pad this thing out. There's the song number with the sideshow people. Which just like, like I, th that's the, the most head scratching thing about this. People are dying, not left and right, because there's long drawn out stuff between each of the kills. <laughs> but like, they just keep performing and they talk about how the circus is always moving around. Yet here, it always stays in one spot. <laughs> yeah, it never left. And, and then they, they just the keep performing. I'm like, people just died and you're singing this very inappropriate song after <laughs> like four people have died. And the investigator, I like how he's like, if I dismiss them, they'll scatter to the wind. I need to keep them all here. I don't know. It's just this. And I thought I thought he was gonna come in and be like undercover and pretend to like need to work in the circus, but he just comes in. He's like, I'm Superintendent Brooks. I'm a detective. Here to... <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought you were coming in to like be all undercover and shit. But okay, my favorite parts of this are the first death in the beginning with the tightrope walker yes. for the title screen when it rips and then somehow whips around his neck. <laughs> So and great. Him. And then yes. the title, Berserk. Berserk. It's like multicolored letters of like, amazing. Another Batman connection. I was going to say, I was like, don't, you just mentioned it. Don't forget it. Because there's How Batman weird. and Robin. <laughs> yeah, because this one's got Michael Goff in it, who, you know, was uh, uh, Alfred. Oh, I thought you meant when Batman and Robin literally walked by. Oh, that too. Sorry. But uh <laughs> Like it also stars. I was uh, Michael Goff, who played um, Alfred. He was uh, what's his name? The business partner that gets the spike through the head. Okay, okay. Uh, he played Alfred Durando. Durando. He played Alfred in the like uh, Michael Keaton uh, and ah, that era of Batman movies. One so that another, I've seen. Okay. Yeah, another uh, another Batman actor in here too. So weird, weird. Um, yeah, the kills are great. That's really about it. <laughs> yeah. I love when, the, the poodles, the intelligent poodles. I love the their little poodles. Act. That's great. Uh, when Joan Crawford walks in and goes, you slut. That's like <laughs> one of the greatest line readings of all time. But you said, we're running a circus on a charm school. Yeah, uh, like pretty much everything that comes out of her mouth is great in this. But yeah, this is teetering in that whole like, at times I was like, this is, pretty boring and hard to get through it is it's but like it, 45 minutes shorter than baby jane but it definitely feels long feels like 10 times longer uh but yeah it does verge into so cheesy or so bad that it's good at times so that's like what was keeping me holding on was the some of the dialogue yeah i uh, wish there would have been more kills and yes. I wish that the kills would have been more like that first one, like a little bit more, oh my God, like sort of insane. Like when she saw it in half, I wish there would have been blood flying everywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. we are in Technicolor. Like I want to see some blood flying all over. And like when she started screaming, you would have stopped cutting and she wouldn't have died. Like she yeah. would have lived. She would have lived. I'm just also saying. when Frank Hawk, sorry guys, we're going just crazy with the spoilers on this one. Oh, yeah. I don't think anyone cares too much about Berserk, yeah. but when Frank Hawkins falls on the knives and then it does the like reaction, her reaction, and then it cuts to his body laying there, like there's just something so corny and fun about that. Like, oh, he's all punched full of holes and there's blood everywhere. Yeah. And previously he just like walked across one way and then walked back. But oh no, this day he decides to just keep going until he gets killed. He's yeah. going for broke. He rides a bike. He walks this way. He walks that way. He falls. Like, like, dude, stop. Just yeah. Stop doing it. You're going to die. And you won't fall on the knives. Um, and spoilery again, the killer is, of what course, the her daughter. And 
which may reminded me that Straight Jacket, spoiler alert again, is also her daughter and not her who's the killer, which is hilarious because Joan Crawford hated her daughter, Christina, and it's just seemingly so obvious in these movies where I know she didn't write them, but the killer's always her daughter. <laughs> must have had some kind of, well, she named this movie apparently, so clearly she probably had some input to be like, <laughs> I want the reveal to be you know, my daughter. Because, uh, yeah, I literally said, what the fuck out loud when <laughs> daughter at the end. It was like, it was me. And I'm like, that's out of nowhere. What? There was like no setup for that. But awesome. didn't you hear she loves to like hide in the closet and giggle? That's why she got kicked out of school. What an evil girl. And then she's struck by lightning. <laughs> I know that. And I was like, what just happened? And then it ended, like, and I think she got struck by lightning. And then it ends. And then it's like the end. It's like the quickest ending. It's like, how did she? Oh, oh, it's over. Oh. Oh, okay. So <laughs> and she says, yeah. kill, kill, kill. That's all I feel inside me. And I'm like, oh my God, I love it. I love how that's all crammed. It's backloaded to like the last two minutes of the movie. So none of that gets time to breathe. It's just by the way, I did it. <laughs> I'm and a I psycho dead. The first two kills happen before she's even there. So somehow she yes. was sneaking away from school, yep. coming to the circus, and then going back to school so that she could get kicked out and finding time to hide in the closet and get giggle and therefore getting kicked out like ah, boy it was just a piece of work yeah, yeah, I just yeah, wish yeah. it would and I, I, I mean I, I can understand wanting to have like the performances and all of that like that makes sense but like you wouldn't keep performing when people are dying in your circus people would not keep coming but it would have made more sense if like they got shut down because there was a murder and yet the murders kept happening and they couldn't travel because there was nowhere for them to go because people didn't want them to come like the story could have worked in a way if they would have done something different but like the way it was it's like you would not keep performing when people like like maybe if some behind the scenes person died at night you could hide it and people wouldn't know about it but like mm -hmm. in the circus a man gets hung in front well, of children well their excuse was just like people want to see death apparently so they just kept going um yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> it is utterly berserk yeah okay apparently the title was supposed to be circus of blood oh which makes a lot more sense i guess uh but apparently joan crawford was the one that said she wanted to call it berserk and she got her way in the end so. and depending on where you look at it it has an exclamation point exclamation mark oh my god Exc why do i it's a question mark and an exclamation point Point. Point. Yes. <laughs> I am the worst when it comes to words and uh, grammar. grammar. And, and, <laughs> and if you couldn't tell from confusing. listening to us, sometimes our grasp of English isn't all that great anyway. <laughs> when you so. say us, you mean me. So you're being very kind. I but... mean both. I'm sure. I'm sure they <laughs> could backtrack. Very it. wise, Jeremy, please. They could they could backtrack it and find probably plenty of times where I say <laughs> I'm, I'm very no sense. open about it and I could cut out some of my little things, but you know, I figure someone out there might understand me might get me so. we think it's charming <laughs> <laughs> but yes i wish this would have gone a little bit crazier but i still did have fun with it in a fun campy way it is not like a good film like i think baby no. Jane is a good film it is fun i the poster is the absolute best thing about this i love the poster yeah and i just have to read what it says because it is hilarious it says the motion picture that pits steel weapons against steel nerves <laughs> it's like what are you fucking kidding me 
Where's the so uh, fantastic? Uh, oh my god! I think it was on Letterbox. The tagline they have on there, I loved. It. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. I did not. Since I went on IMDb, I didn't get taglines. Yeah, uh, on Letterbox it says the screen screams out at a hundred horrors. <laughs> and the like, baby Jane one is great. Sister, sister, oh so fair. Why is there blood all over your hair? Which is so ooh, great. Awesome. Yeah, with Berserk though, I think there's like three horrors that happen, not a hundred. No, so, God. really overselling that. Yeah, three at best, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I really wanted someone to get trampled by an elephant, which could have easily happened. Someone could like someone could have, you know, spit out like a like a little dart or a pebble or something at one of their butts when they were walking over those girls. Mm -hmm. They could have just, just trampled all the girls. That would have been amazing. But no, but alas, no. alas I it was just a jealous daughter. I think I am going to start saying this is a podcast, not a charm school. <laughs> but it is a charm school in a way. Because <laughs> you're charming. Oh, thank you. But yeah, it is. It's silly fun. I mean, if you like a campy flick, it's fun to watch. It's just by no means a great film, but it does veer into the like so stupid it can be fun at times. It just would be nice if it was a little yeah tighter. Yeah, this is a total just cheesy midnight movie. Yeah, no, watch it with people. Various substances could be used to lubricate your mind and you'd probably be really into this. So, yeah, but I mean, you were pretty much right in your assumption. I mean, because it's similar to Straight Jack. I mean, as opposed to her, like you thinking that she's the killer, like she is being menaced here um, and and that there's a killer on the loose and it's a proto slasher. So, yeah, you can see yeah. why I got confused and mixed the two of them because they're <laughs> almost the same thing, except this is at a circus. That's like the big difference. So I, I do think you should watch Trog at some point. And I've not seen it either, but it just like it's a cheesy monstery yeah, sort of I movie. Really want to see Trog like. I'm pretty sure I've seen Trog as like a kid. <laughs> I'm sure it's, you have. It's one of those, as I look at images and like clips from it, I'm like, this seems very familiar. Uh, I'm pretty sure it played on like, you know, TBS Superstation Saturday movie, like back in the day. So I'm sure I've seen it. So, Well, out of five bloody intelligent poodles, how many mm -hmm. do you give Berserk? exclamation point uh i'm feeling generous i'm gonna give it a two and a half i'm going to give it a three which means we have a split screen <gasps> that's a split screen scream. that's right we i i went three just because like i would watch it again like I, it wouldn't be my first choice but like i think it's fun and she's just bad in it and i i don't feel bad for her because i think she's not was not a great woman i've seen mommy dearest a lot so mm. but i enjoyed myself i i feel like my when i say a movie is so bad it's good two and a half is gonna be like my <laughs> rating i assign it because i was thinking back that's what i gave swamp thing and I will still watch Swamp Thing like a hundred more <laughs> times because of how stupid and bad fun it is. So this movie's the same thing. I'll probably watch this again. Like I will probably try to expose people to this movie. <laughs> like, oh, you gotta watch Berserk. This is weird. That's fun. Well, yeah. And when you didn't say anything about a circus, I was like, oh, you're gonna enjoy that it's at a circus. But I'm as soon as it started, you were probably like, all right. I was. I was like, okay, I've seen like a couple clips from this where like I I'm pretty sure when I saw it on TV, I tuned out 
because it kept just showing like circus performances like in their entirety and i'm like Meh, next so <laughs> but i'm glad to have seen it now it's you know it's something else well thanks for sitting through this campy gay horror birthday extravaganza it was great i think uh, hopefully listeners have also taken in this double feature because it's yes. pretty fun i love a good or- defeat or any other uh, Joan Crawford late career when she just got trapped doing horror movies, bad yes. horror movies. Tell us what Psycho Biddy movies are your favorite. Email us, scaringissharing at gmail.com. Slide into the DMs. And remember, this is a podcast, not a charm school. Evil dies tonight! Yes. And thank you so much for listening. Keep watching horror movies. Keep talking about them. Why, Jeremy? Because scaring is sharing. <laughs> That's <laughs> motherfucking right. The more you know. You know. <laughs> okay, bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.